Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Fine Tuning with Drew Taylor, your one-stop shop when it comes to animation news and commentary. I'm Drew's co-host, entertainment writer Jim Hill, and he and I are recording this show on Friday, April 1st, 2022. Gotta ask Drew. Our- don't, don't prank me, Jim. See, Do not prank cool. me. Cool. All right. Thank you. I am not a fan of April Fool's Day. It is when unfunny people try to be funny and, and they can't be funny by themselves, so they pull pranks. Right. If you can't be funny, I'm not surrendering one day of the year to humorless people. But the, the Academy Awards were early this week, and which, of course, nobody's talking about. Barely any news no. came out of that. But no. 30 seconds ago, Will Smith announced that he's resigning from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Yeah. We're lucky to be recording now because I guess you have to put your rap hat on immediately after we finish here and go back to work. Oh, no. I, I have been working. Let me tell you, I've been working like a like a fool today. So I am. And I try to avoid all the Will Smith stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's just... Uh, it's been a lot. Okay. It's been a busy, busy week. I would imagine. I would imagine. Now, to come at this from a different angle, and especially now on the heels of this resignation, remember, Disney announced that they were going to develop a sequel to the live-action Aladdin, which came out in May of 2019. This news first broke back in February of, of 2020, and at that time, Variety reported that the producers hoped to get Will Smith, Mina Massad, and Naomi Scott, who played the genie Aladdin and Jasmine, respectively, back for the sequel. And as recently as six months ago, October of 2021, uh, this was still apparently a go-project Disney. Uh, Mina Massad gave an update to the film saying they're working on the script and trying to make it happen. So what do you think? Dead in the water because of what he did or dead in the water because he just resigned from the Academy or what? I mean, I don't know. We have only seen two sequels to the Disney live action crop, Alice Through the Looking Glass, which uh, we've taken a lot of therapy to try to uh, <laughs> cleanse from our memory, and Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. Mm-hmm. So we think about all the sequels we were promised. Mm-hmm. Like there was supposed to be a, another Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. There was supposed to be an Aladdin spinoff based on these sort of Swedish prints. Mm-hmm. We have not heard anything about that. But hey, maybe they could do that one instead of a direct sequel. But the thing about Aladdin is so well loved, especially overseas, that I don't know how I don't know how much Will Smith made a, a difference in that movie either. So I, I just I have no idea what they're thinking and have not heard. But I'm sure that'll be something I will have to look into okay. in the next couple of weeks. Um, because it's an insane situation. I wonder actually if there's somebody at Disney thinking can we play this to our advantage? Because remember, 
Drew and I have a fascination with early Disney. I mean, like from 1984 to like 1990 when, you know, Michael Eisner came to town and it was kind of the Wild West, you know, it's sleepy Disney. And uh, do you remember the stories back then where people in the industry used to joke that Jeffrey Katzenberg lurked outside of the Betty Ford Center to sign celebrities who were kind of behind the curve. In fact, that's where they got Bette Midler and Richard Dreyfuss in uh, Down and Out in Beverly Hills for like yep. a tenth of their normal quote because it's like yeah you've been in flops and yeah you got some issues. It was very it was very Moneyball approach to things. That's it exactly. That's it exactly. And Disney got some great hits out of that period at affordable prices. Yes, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens here. Well, anyway, lots more news to talk about. But first, the news portion of this week's fine-tuning is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network. For a worry-free travel experience, please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Back to the Academy Awards ceremony, which I'm assuming you had to watch for work. Oh, I was in the office, Jim. I was Were there. So really? think, think about the confusion that was happening oh, inside. Oh, no. yeah. Holy yeah. cow. All right. Yeah. Well, all right. Before things started to go south, what did we think of the live version, the very, very much hyped version, uh, live version of We Don't Talk About Bruno with the voice cast? Uh, I was not into it at all. I, <sighs> I thought it was supposed to be like a big sort of Broadway style mm-hmm. production mm-hmm. with celebrating the voice cast who yes, were all there and we're yes. all looking so adorable mm-hmm. and it was just so disappointing I thought would they barely a minute into the song when suddenly it's, it's Megan the the stallion starts rapping about all of the celebrities who are in the audience and then when it became like a celebration of Oscar I was like this is terrible well, how would you like to be the parent who, you know, hey, they're going to do you know, that song you really love. We don't talk about Bruno. You know, let's let you stay up and watch the Academy Awards. And first of all, some poor kid sitting there dozing on the couch till it was almost 10 when that, that, that number finally began. I remember John Leguizamo at the top of the number complaining, well, they won't let me in it because I can't sing. And it's like, John got off light. Yeah. Did you see... During the Academy Award, where Lynn Manuel Miranda's dad actually tweeted out that no, 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 my son didn't write that song. My son wrote the song that was in the movie, not the thing that just ran on television. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. So it's like I think we know how Lynn felt about that. Yeah. And then, well, I, I won't say it's the Encanto disrespect, but disrespect to animation continued with the presentation of the best animated feature Oscar. Disney, I'm assuming, because they were hoping to get a little advanced publicity going for their live action Little Mermaid, arranged for three of the princesses from their live action animated remakes to go on stage. There was Lily James, uh, who played the title role in Disney's Cinderella from March of 2015, Naomi Scott, who we were just talking about, who's Princess Jasmine in the, uh, the live action Aladdin, and again, Ali Bailey will be playing Ariel in the live-action Mermaid, which hits theaters May of next year. The three of them were there to present the best animated feature. And See, I think, before you even get into what they said, mm-hmm. I think it's a little stacking the deck mm-hmm. to have them present at all. Like, they already got in trouble for, for promoting mm-hmm. Encanto during the show, during the award ceremony. Mm-hmm. 
in the commercial, but come on, like to use this as a platform to get to get two of your princesses back together and then also to introduce a third one. Yeah. It was a lot. But anyway, go no, ahead. No, no, no. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And was it Chris Miller or Phil Lord who had the issue? Phil. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, okay. And also, let's be fair here. It's not like Lily, Naomi, or Hallie actually wrote the patter that they, they read somebody who was writing the script for the individual segments came up with this bit. But it starts off with Hallie saying, animated films make up some of our most formative movie experiences as kids. And Lily continues the line of thought with, so many kids watch these movies over and over. And then Bailey added the comedy to the bit by saying, and over and over and over and over, which Naomi then capped off the thing by gesturing to the audience. And I, I see some parents out there who know exactly what we're talking about. And it's like, so it's Hollywood's biggest night just before they're going to present the award for the best animated feature. And here they are, you know, the presenter of the award being dismissive about animation. You know, it's just sort of like, uh, it's kids stuff. So with that sort of mindset, what a surprise that they cut the live presentation of the best animated short and remember the whole, we're cutting those eight awards from being presented live because we're trying to do a tighter show, one that moves faster and will be better television. And did you see how long this year's Academy Awards wound up being? Three hours and 42 minutes. Supposedly the longest Oscar live broadcast since 2018. I mean, mind you, they showed that little tiny clipping of Alberto Blago winning the Best Animated Short for his film, The, the Windshield Wiper, because he said he almost, as a response to what Naomi Halley and Lily said, you know, it's effective animation for adults is a fact. It's happening. Let's call it cinema. That said, though, the two trailers this week, I don't know if I would say that they were animation for adults. I mean, it don't get me wrong. I really liked what I saw of the Sea Beast teaser trailer uh chris williams film for for netflix oh, what did you think yeah i thought it was beautifully animated by our friends at sony pictures uh image works um they i think the canadian studio did the bulk of the animation but mm-hmm. i mean it looks like a good old-fashioned seafaring adventure mm-hmm. it looked very disney-esque as in solid production values good character design lots of strong poses I'm very much looking forward to this film when it debuts on Netflix on July 8th. But, of course, the week before that, on July 1st, we get Minions Rise of Gru. Uh, We also got our trailer for that this week. What did you think of that one? Uh, I'm going to pass on this one, Jim. Uh, I'm so... I'm not not very into the Despicable Me franchise. Mm -hmm. And I thought this looked sort of exhausting. And I don't know. They love turning the... Uh, minions into other creatures. They do. That is my one mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> observation. Also, the first trailer for this movie, Jim, mm-hmm. w- premiered exactly two years ago. So oh, wow, I did not. This has been a journey. Has... I'm j- I just want this thing done out <laughs> out of my life. I don't want you to have to report about what toys you've stumbled upon in Target this week. You know, <laughs> just get out of here, minions. That's what I say. I am intrigued. By the conceit of what they're doing with the the vicious six, these are uh, supposedly the the villains that 
Young Gru is going up against. Did you see whether they're being voiced by basically action stars of, of the 80s and 90s? We've got John claude Van Damme. We've got Lucy Lawless. We've got Dolph Lundgren and even Danny Trejo. Yes. I mean, I was more excited by Michelle Yeoh there we being go. in the cast. There we go. Yeah. You know. Uh, she is amazing. Did you get to see All at Once? With, or is that the name of it? Oh, Everything Everywhere All at yeah. Once. Yes, I did. I was at the, the L.A. premiere and? last week, Jim. Of course. Oh. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's really, really great. And I actually talked to the visual effects supervisor today, which is a really f- fun story because there were five people on the visual effects team. Five? And we, yes. And when you see this movie, you will never believe how that was possible. Just looking at the trailer, I would think you'd yeah. need more than five pe- Five? Yes. Five people total. Five people who were allowed to go home and sleep and go to the bathroom? I mean... Well, I mean, they were all at home because the last day of principal photography hit during the... When things shut down. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, you'll find this interesting. Mm. Maybe you can talk about it on your show with Aaron. But, Mm. you know, they... These directors turned down working on Loki to make this movie instead. So... Really? Yeah. Oh, Okay. So it's very interesting. Cool, 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 cool. All right. Um, oh, we told you that CBS is showing up on Netflix on July 8th. We showed you, told you that Minions Rise of Gru is showing up in theaters on July 1st. And while you're marking things in the calendar, the series finale of Amphibia airs on May 14th. Whereas episodes 10 through 14 of Amphibia show up on Disney Plus on April 27th. And on that very same day, episodes 11 through 16 of season two of Owl House also show up on the subscription streaming service. Can I tell you that I knew about Amphibia and I kept my mouth shut this time, Jim? So let me just, you know. We don't want another duck, DuckTales. We, That's all we, we don't want on another DuckTales debacle. Oh, all right. Last week, we were talking about Rich Moore going over to Skydance Animation. We just got an update about their second animated feature that's going to show up on Apple Plus this year. Spellbound? Well, yeah. I mean, we tentatively think that it'll be out in November, but who knows yeah. uh, at this point. Yeah. That's all I'm hearing is holiday 2020. Holiday. You know, but again, yeah. Groundhog Day is also a holiday. That's true. Do you want to share the news we have about Spellbound? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, the the new uh, Snow White and the star of West Side Story, Rachel Zegler, is set to voice a the lead character, Princess Ilian, who is, uh, you know, the main character in Spellbound. And she is a tenacious princess who must go on a daring quest to save her family and kingdom after a mysterious spell transforms her parents into monsters and threatens to cover her land in darkness forever. So this is Rachel Ziegler, again, from West Side Story, but also the Disney live-action remake of Snow White, right? Which, yes. didn't the sets just burn down for that? I had nothing to do with it, Jim. <laughs> I was collecting that insurance money on another thing, okay? okay? Why are you looking at me? There we go. There we go. I cannot get over the number of former Disney people or, or Disney-adjacent people who are, are doing the Skydance animation thing. We, we've only had these individual publicity shots and that sort of thing. I'd, I'd love to see some actual animation from this stuff. 
Well, this is the one that's going to have the big marketing push, Jim, by Spin Master Toys. So you're going to have to keep an eye on the Target there, toy. There aisle. we go. Back in the Target toy aisle. And then, but again, <laughs> the the only thing we know so far is about the first one, Luck, right? That comes out August 5th? Yes. And that will not have a big uh, merchandise component. Okay. Right. So, All right. Yeah. Duly noted. Okay, folks, going to take a quick break here, but when we get back, I want to continue our chat about the Oscars, particularly the Best Animated Feature, because uh, maybe we have some thoughts. We were just talking about new animated stuff showing up on subscription streaming services. Drew, you seem to really like the Scrat Tales trailer that came out this week. I don't, well, I don't know if I really like I like the look of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it looks visually much more sophisticated than... Oh whatever the adventures of uh, buck Wild buck wilds ice age tales yes yes, yes. all right <laughs> did you watch that Jim? no but I, I learned how to say it <laughs> i'm very behind on my viewing and it just the problem is when you look at a, a trailer like that it's just sort of like and and you want me to hand over 48 minutes of my life i don't know if i can do that but yes i thought as well there were pieces in there that looked as handsome as some of the stuff that's been done for the, the Ice Age feature film. So I'm still sad that Blue Sky Studios had to close. In fact, I, I wanted to tell you, I've been reading Nimona, the no- Noel Stevens graphic novel. I got my copy. And I think we may have missed out on a really cool animated feature. It's this great story about... This young girl who's a shapeshifter who sort of wheedles her way into becoming the minion of a villain who's really more the anti-hero of the story. And okay. it's so much good raw material. You can look at it and go, oh, man, this would have been a great animated film. And I would have been intrigued to see how they would have transferred Noel's drawing style to 3D computer animation. So... I don't suppose somebody who worked at Blue Sky has anything they'd like to share with the class? Maybe. Drop us a line, okay? Listen, if you need your set burned down or you need somebody to look at your Nimona footage, I'm your guy, okay? Come on over. <laughs> All right. In other news, you and I are of different minds of Phil Tippett's mad god. I love that he did something this ambitious. And, you know, I love that that Phil waited in and did a feature, but that trailer that dropped a while, a while back, that was all nightmare fuel. And I'm a wimp. So I will seek this out eventually. You know, I probably have to be in the middle of the day in a bright, very bright lit house, but we just found out that it finally has a home, right? Yes, it is coming to Shudder. So if you have Shutter or AMC Plus, you'll be able to watch that. Mm. It should be available this summer, I think in June, right? I still remember the story about he was doing all of the test stuff for Jurassic Park, right? When they they did the yeah brought the CG in and you know just the famous line about like I think I just became extinct. He is great. If you ever get a chance to talk to Phil Tippett, sit his grumpy ass down <laughs> and have a chat because he is a hoot and he's a lot sweeter than he. Pretends to be, mm-hmm. so yeah, he is awesome. I love Phil so much. Guy has millions upon millions of stories. Yes. Okay, so we were just talking about the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature, which is a relatively new thing. We we only got our first one in the year 2001, and DreamWorks Shrek 
took home the very first uh, Oscar for Best Animated Feature. It beat out Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and Monsters, Inc. So I wanted to sort of take a walk through the Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature the, the, the past 21 years, Drew, to get your take on just one question. Did the right film win? Sure. I really enjoyed Encanto, but if I'm being completely honest here, if it were me picking the two best animated features for the past year, I would have struggled between Luca and Mitchell's versus The Machines. Same. Same. I feel like those were the better movies. And more often than not, when you look at uh, the Academy Awards that are awarded for animation, it almost by default goes to, well, that's the movie that made the most money that year. So that wins. Yeah. Which doesn't necessarily mean that the right film didn't win. Like the second year that the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature was handed out, Spirited Away, as the Hayao Miyazaki took it home. And it was up against Ice Age, Lilo and Stitch, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, and Treasure Planet. And I can't argue with that. No. I love the original Ice Age, and if there hadn't been 1,500 sequels, I think people would hold that movie in much higher esteem than they do now. But face it, Spirited Away is a film that stands up even today. Yeah. Speaking of Pixar, 2003, Finding Nemo takes home the Oscar. And that year, it's up against Brother Bear and Triplets of Belleville. I mean, I do enjoy Triplets of Belleville, but it's quirky. It's cute. I don't think it's like, ooh, that's going to stand the test of time. Right. Where is Nemo? I wonder if this is another one of these situations where the sequel kind of took away from the original or the fact that it's in every single theme park. Well, there is that. So on the planet so. as well. Yeah. I like Nemo a lot. I, I do think I did like it more before the sequel came out. I think. Yeah. Um, Speaking of which 2004, we have the Incredibles, which one, uh, when it went up against Shark Tales and, and Shrek 2. Uh, okay. That's the obvious choice. Well, on that there one, we go. Yeah. Our, yeah, we're not even going to talk about this. Yeah. On the other hand, 2005, we had Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Were-Rabbit, took home the Oscar, and it was competing with The Corpse Bride and Howl's Moving Castle. That's a competitive year. I love Ardman. I really do. But I think looking back at it now from 16 years' time, Howl, maybe? Would that have been a yeah. better choice? Yeah, I mean, I love Curse of the Were-Rabbit, though. Mm. I watch it every Halloween, and I think it's just so clever. <laughs> and those guys are such Academy darlings mm. that it, it makes perfect sense, I for sure. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, moving on t to 2006, and the winner of the Academy Award this year was Happy Feet, and it was competing with Cars and Monster House. I don't think Monster House looked good when it first came out, and I don't think it's aged all that well. I mean, I, I admire what they were trying to do and trying to lean in to make a Halloween thing. I like Monster House a lot. Do you? Uh, okay. Yeah. I think it's it captures that kind of Amblin-y spirit a lot better than most of the movies that attempt that. You know, you're not... This was a good year. I like Cars, too, oh. I think. But, I mean, Happy Feet was really something that people had never seen and there were so many big stars in it and obviously George Miller is a kind of luminary so 
I get it. Okay. Okay. Not the strongest year. No. But <laughs> sure. I'm not. And now, now that you said ambling, now I got to go back and look at Monster Hose. If you look at that through that prism With and that the, frame, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it's like kind of in between the 80s and the 50s, which mm-hmm. all those Amblin movies also kind of felt like. Because I don't know why the 80s was so obsessed with the 50s, but mm. it really was. And that, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, go back and look at okay. it. Okay. Okay. 2007, we have Ratatouille take home the Oscar. It was up against Persephone and Surf's Up. Uh, there was a lot of Surf's Up that I liked. Sony was still kind of finding its way at that point. Chris Buck. There we go. It's interesting that it's an animated fake documentary. <laughs> well, that's half the fun for me. Yeah. Going into that story that way. But yeah, that Chris Buck guy. I wonder whatever became of him. Yeah, it's a shame he didn't have much of a career there you after go. that. But, you know. Okay, so you look at Ratatouille, and if you understand the production history of Ratatouille, the fact that that assured, ridiculously entertaining film came out of all of that chaos, I mean, that's just, that's stunning. Yeah. Where, if we jump ahead to 2008, in fact, we're starting to get it on a streak of Pixar wins here, folks, because this is Wally, and it went up against Bolt and Kung Fu Panda. Bolt, I think, actually has aged pretty well. I mean, it's still lesser Disney. Yeah, I'm not super crazy about Bolt, but... To give the people credit who worked on it, I think it's got the scariest fire scene in a Giddy film. The only thing I think that's scary that have you ever seen the end of the first, the, the, the real Mighty Joe Young? Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, dumb, I thought I've always been very affected by the Dumbo fire scene, eh, too. That's true. Okay. I can get behind that. I am willing to forgive a really shaky middle in a film if you stick the landing. I mean, that, for example, Meet the Robinsons is not by any stretch of the imagination classic disney but man the landing and that thing and the last 10 minutes of, the, of that thing really work you know and in fact I'm, I'm halfway convinced that's why they decided to put that movie in in production it was the last 10 minutes where where is steven anderson's book by the way <sighs> we're waiting we're waiting so uh moving on to 2008 we get wally oh, oh we were just talking about this uh we, yeah i mean wally is a masterpiece yeah yeah uh, Kung Fu Panda is great, though. It is. It is. But I think, again, it's the same situation. If, if there weren't all of this other Kung Fu Panda stuff that kind of isn't as good as the first film. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, jumping ahead to 2009 now. Boy, this is a tough year. Up takes home the Oscar, but it's competing against Coraline, the fantastic Mr. Fox, the Princess and the Frog, and the Secret of Kells. Ooh! Ooh, that's a good year. You look at that pile, you're not even considering Princess and the Frog. That's true. You that's can't true. look at that set of films and it's like, that's nice. And it's nice that you're making 2D films again. But put that 2D film next to Secret of the Kells and which one is the piece of art? It's the Secret of the Kells. Yeah. But seriously, if, if you're, you've got your ballot in front of you that year, what are you doing? I mean, Fantastic Mr. Fox has become one of my all-time favorites. But, good stuff. You know. Mm-hmm. There's no denying up and its power, and it has maintained a level of purity that some of these other ones have not. It has. Just for the fact that there has not been a ton of stuff. I mean, there was the Doug Days last year, which I thought was a beautiful sort of continuation. It and there's was. a few. It was. Yeah. yeah. There's some theme park stuff, but not a ton, mm-hmm. and it's just wonderful. It's just a, I think it's a class, you know, a Pixar classic for sure. 
Okay, I'm not going to argue with that. Okay, jumping ahead now to 2010, Toy Story 3 takes home the Oscar. But again, interesting year. The original How to Train Your Dragon and The Illusionist, which is charming. I love The Illusionist. I thought I think The Illusionist is like a very underrated, like modern day classic. But okay, well, I'll, I just I understand I understand that Toy Story three got it, but I I like all three of those movies a lot. I do, I um, do. But same thing. I mean, I, I think the original How to Train Your Dragon was so masterfully done and ended so strongly. But the sequels and the animated series that followed just weren't as strong and. and kind of pulled down the original a little bit because of that yeah if dean and chris had stuck with it together Uh, the whole time i think too that would have changed that that's an interesting observation okay moving now to 2011 we have rango taking home the oscar and when i look at this year's list of the other ones a a cat in paris chico and rita kung fu pandu 2 and puss in boots the right home one in fact, I, I'm still not a fan of the original Puss in Boots. In fact, the, the Puss in Boots sequel that got announced just last month, it's like, oh, well, all of the unanswered questions I have are now going to be answered. <laughs> yes, but I, I do I do think the first Puss in Boots is great, though, mm-hmm. and it really it maintains uh, Guillermo del Toro's spirit a lot, which is he was an executive at the time. He, uh, um, and, and if we double back to How to Train Your Dragon, he supposedly had a hand in, in that one as well. Yes. But I think I think Rango rules, mm-hmm. and I'm very happy that it is an Oscar-winning film. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it would have been interesting to see if... Uh, that was Lucasfilm, right? Uh, you know, uh, it was ILM. ILM, that's right. Which they may or may not be in production on a couple more animated features right now, Jim, that we can't discuss, but Mm -hmm. are definitely happening, Uh, which is really exciting because we have not had a, like, animated project from them for a while, although uh, Shannon's Lost Ollie Mm -hmm. is a new series coming to Netflix written by our friend Peter Ramsey, who, again, I don't know how Guardians of uh, Mm -hmm. whatever that, Rise of the Guardians wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but we'll get to that. Okay. So, yeah, but that's completely animated by LM, and it's coming soon to Netflix. Mm. But there are more movies in development right now, which is just very, very exciting. Because we haven't had one since a little film called Strange Magic, uh, Jim. You're oh, and I is oh, favorite. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> when you start with the soundtrack, yes. that's, a, that's a bad place to start. Okay, <laughs> moving on to 2012 now. Uh, this is the year that Brave takes home the Academy Award, and very strong year. We had Frank and Weenie, Paranorman, The Pirates... Band of Misfits and Wreck-It Ralph. I love Paranorman. The entire month when they're doing that 31 Frights of Halloween, if Paranorman is on, I have to stop. It, it is so beautifully done. My favorite Leica movie by far. Is it real? Oh, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, whereas Frank and Weenie, I still, I, I remember being in the screening at Disneyland Resort. They took us down to the AMC that just got pulled down. And I remember being in an audience full of Disney moms who, at one point, I turned around and it was this this theater full of mothers with their mouths open, with their covering the eyes of their children. You know, it's just sort of like, who was this movie made for? I love it. Do you I really? Think it's so good. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I love the end. the The third act is just pure Gremlins style mayhem, and all the other animals okay. get all right. resurrected and great Danny Elfman score. All right, I'll give you that. You know. 
Brave did not. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy Brenda has an Oscar, mm-hmm. sort of, because I wish it was her movie still. But yeah. Brave was like the least deserving, I think, on this list. Even Pirates Band of Misfits I've come around to a lot, especially after watching Our Flag Means Death. I was like, oh, Pirates Band of Misfits was kind of like Our Flag Means Death <laughs> version 1.0. I love that you made that connection. Cool, cool. Yeah. All right. Moving ahead now to 2013. What a surprise. Frozen which made more money than God, that takes on the Oscars that year, was up against The Croods, Despicable Me 2, Ernest and Celestine, and The Wind Rises. I can stand with this. Yeah, I mean, I really love Ernest and Celestine mm. and the, the Wind Rises. Yep. It's Disney released The Wind Rises. I don't really think that they campaigned quite as hard no. as they probably did for Frozen I, I um, think you are in this correct. category, even though at the time we all thought it was mm-hmm. Miyazaki's last movie. Mm-hmm. But to be fair to the Croods, the last 15, 20 minutes of that movie just deliver the goods. It suddenly becomes really, really moving in a weird sort of way and a nice, hopeful ending. And I really have to get around to watching the Croods, too, at some point. Okay, moving now to 2014, we have Big Hero 6 take home the award. Interesting year. Uh, we have the box trolls. Not a great year. Yeah, I, but. You know, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2, Song of the Sea, and, and the tale of Princess Kyoja. I like Song of the Sea. I don't know as I would put it quite on the same level as Secret of the Kells or for that matter, Wolfwalkers, but it's got some good stuff. Box trolls has some amazing stop motion. But it felt like this very Monty Python story written by people who don't know Monty Python. And again, How to Train Your Dragon 2, I so wanted that film to work. I mean, I remember them talking about what they wanted to do with the series. I mean, I I, I got to talk with Dean at Comic-Con. I have to say, the, the film he described to me was not the one that showed up. They had some issues with that one. Yeah, I, I kind of wish the tale of Princess Kaguya had mm. had one because that is one of the most beautiful looking animated movies I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have been nice if uh, Takahata had his Oscar too alongside Hayao Miyazaki. Yeah. And he, we obviously lo- lost him mm. in 2018, Wait. so that never came to pass. I just think he's as big a talent mm. as Miyazaki and it would have been nice, but it would have been did nice. not happen. Didn't happen. Okay, moving ahead now, 2015, Inside Out takes home the award. Wonderful Pete Doctor film. But we had when when Marnie was there, the Shaun the Sheep movie, a Boy in the World, and Anomazla. Am I saying that name wrong? I'm saying that name wrong. Anomalisa. Anomalisa. There we which go. Which I'm so familiar with, I can't pronounce the name. I feel like the right one there... Though, that said, I mean, I still love that story about Pete Doctor. I mean, it, it, what was it? The, the original was joy and fear with the, the protagonist, yes. right? And there's that great story that uh, Pete Doctor told us about. He was out for a hike on Father's Day. And it was while he was hiking, he realized that joy is not the exact opposite of fear. Sadness is the opposite of fear. And it's like... 
I remember him calling the producer, blanking the name of the producer. Jim, I'm putting a cap on your anecdotes. We're going long. We got to just go through these categories. Uh, cool. Anecdotes will be played off with some music. <laughs> Aaron, go ahead. Now, okay. Okay, 2016, yeah. Zootopia takes home the award. Uh, this is the year of also Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, and The Red Turtle, which I love quite a bit. But if it were me, the film that should have taken home the award that year was Kubo and the Two Strings, which for my money is the best of, of the Leica films. Interesting. It's great. I need to watch it again. I, again, I was sort of annoyed that Shannon was taken off of that film, but Travis Knight did a great job. He, anyway, he did. Go ahead. Okay, moving on. 2017, Coco takes home the Oscar. It was going head-to-head with Boss Baby, The Breadwinner, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. I like a lot of what was tr- attempted with Ferdinand, but I don't think it entirely worked. No. Hard to argue that Coco isn't the best that year. On the other hand, 2018, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This year, it goes head-to-head with Incredibles 2, Isle of Dogs, Mariah, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Good year. It is a good year. I'm not quite as enthusiastic about Incredibles 2 as I am about the original Incredibles. But Isle of Dogs is good stuff. But at the same time, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was game-changing. And Sony really, really deserved that award. How did Peanuts movie not get nominated, by the way? <laughs> I don't know. And, and that's another one. Whenever it shows up on FX, I watch. Great design. Did a, an amazing job of taking those 2D characters and that line work and transferring it to 3D. I mean, it's a beautiful, strong ending that's very much in faithful to the Charles Schultz world. I, I think the only thing as a longtime Peanuts fan that I kind of had an issue with is if you, you know the Peanuts strip. Snoopy actually isn't all that fond of Charlie Brown. I mean, he, you know, he actually refers to him as, where's the round-headed kid? The one who feeds me. Whereas Snoopy in that movie, the penis movie, is solidly in Charlie Brown's corner. It's a great choice. It really is for the film, but not entirely faithful to the strip. Okay, jumping ahead to 2019. This is the year Toy Story 4 takes home the Oscar. Uh, It was going head-to-head. With How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, and Missing Link. And I have to say it, I think Sergio Pablos got robbed. Toy Story 4 has a wonderful ending, but it's a strange middle. But Klaus is is just, it's a masterpiece. It's a wonderful film that will hold up for years and years and years. It's going to become a holiday tradition for families around the globe. And also, if it had won, it would have sort of like planted a flag to the effect that you need to start paying attention to what's going over at Netflix or for that matter with the other subscription yeah. streaming services because there's some great animation going on. Yeah, I Lost My Body is, an, is amazing too. And maybe Netflix just kind of stretched itself too thin. Could be, but could be. Okay. I, I do love Toy Story 4, mm. so I'm I'm not mad at it. I'm not <laughs> mad at it, but it just, again, I, uh, Klaus got robbed. Okay, moving yeah. on to 2020. We have Soul take home the award. It was going up against Onward, Over the Moon, the Shaun the Sheep movie, Farmageddon, and Wolfwalkers. I'm fine with Soul winning. I think, it's a, I think that's a new Pixar classic, but Wolfwalkers is a pretty staggering achievement. It is. Um, And I think maybe my favorite Mm -hmm. Cartoon Saloon movie so far. We've got a new Cartoon Saloon movie this year, too, Jim, which is another thing we should be looking forward to on Netflix. So, yeah. I know you love Wolfwalkers also. I do. I do. But at the same time, 
Onward is growing on me. Talk about a strong ending. Am no, I right? that's I mean, what I mean. On. That's what I mean. Okay, so now we jump out ahead to this year. Encanto took home the award. It was up against Flea, Luca, Mitchells versus the Machine, and Raya and the Last Dragon. We've, we've already discussed how I feel about this. If you had to choose, would you still go Mitchells or? Yeah, I think Mitchells. Um, I also love Luca. I think that they're both just really wonderful, and they looked so different. They felt so different. The storytelling was really unique. Mm-hmm. And I wish I wish Bell was in. I was in yeah, there. I, exactly. I, I think that that was a egregious oversight. But at the same time, you gotta feel for poor Flea. I mean. Nominated in three different categories. Best International Feature Film, Best Documentary Feature, and Best Animated Feature. Skunked in all three categories. I'm hoping that because it won or it was nominated for those three awards, people at least went out of their way to catch it. Yes, it's on Hulu now, and it is an amazing, deeply moving film that I love. It's just wonderful. So go go watch it. All right. Well, anyway, folks, that brings us to the end of this week's fine tuning. Mind you, if you, you're still looking for some wonderful podcast entertainment, you cannot go wrong by checking out Drew's Light the Fuse podcast series. And mind you, he does this with his equally entertaining co-host Charles Hood. Let's not let's not say equally entertaining, Jim. Let's just say. <laughs> oh, Charles! I, I have to tell you, we have a support group for those of us who work with you. It's going to just sort of, we, we stand in your shadow. So, uh, all right. Well, uh, but again, the reason you want to check out Light the Views is, well, well, first of all, we just got our brand new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Uh, so Light the Fuselage is starting up. Yes. Oh, yes. I mean, we did a Patreon about the trailer. I also saw the trailer when I saw Morbius yesterday mm-hmm. and in true sternum rattling IMAX glory. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's coming along. We, we have a lot of fun stuff planned for the summer <laughs> and into, um, into the fall. So please stick around cause you, you will get a, a lot of fun stuff and we're barreling towards our 200th episode, which should also be really, Aww. really cool. So yeah. Speaking of which though, the, the primary focus is of course the Mission Impossible films. What do we got going on from that film series this week? Well, we're, we're doing a couple of, we're kind of condensing a couple of uh, multi-part episodes to revisit them. So we did our first interview with Christopher McQuarrie this week. Ooh. So you will get to go go back in your time machine and visit him. And then we're going to do our our look at Oliver Stone's version of Mission Impossible 2. Oh. But after that, we've got a lot of great interviews lined up, including for the first time, mm-hmm. I know that uh, I know that we've joked about this, mm-hmm. but we're actually talking to a caterer soon. <laughs> so get ready for that. He's actually been... A caterer on many Tom Cruise movies, and I think it'll be pretty funny. So, can we make sure we get the right address for how people can find you on social media? Because I was noticing that this week, right? <laughs> oh well, I know it was just in your tweet. It was very funny. Okay. Uh, they just they uh, just had my name misspelled, but no, it's it's Drew Tailored, like T A I L O R E D. That's it. Okay, come find me. Okay, I'm, and I'm always talking junk. So yeah, <laughs> very entertaining, very informative junk. I might add. Where are you, Jim? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram as Jim Hill Media, and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. Final thing, folks, if you could do Drew and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review, well, not just the show you're listening to now, but also like the fuse, uh, that would be very, very helpful. And if you really like what you heard here tonight, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, uh, that's what keeps us in Miyazaki, uh, you know, exhibit catalogs. How much was that book, by the way? Oh, 
50 smackers, but it's it's worth it. I feel like, well, then I should have gone gone and gotten it for you since you got me that ridiculous book from the Ow. New York, uh, whatever that was. Well, uh, it's, I got Next time, Jim, let me know okay, and I will go I will, and okay. get it. And I'll let you know if there's anything else cool when I do finally go to the cool, cool. exhibit. Okay, and, and when he does, we will talk about that, folks, on another fine-tuning. But till then, thanks for listening.